Hello, everyone, and welcome to another episode of React Roundup. I am your host today, Paige Niedringhaus, and I am joined by our cast of panelists, TJ Van Toll. Hey, everybody. And Carl Mungazi. Hello, hello. Long time. Good to be back. Good to have you, Carl. And we are joined today by our special guest, Jan Braga. Welcome, Jan. Hey, everyone. Really glad to be here. We're really excited to have you. This episode is sponsored by Sentry. Sentry is the thing that I put into all of my apps. First, I figure out how to deploy them. I get them up on the web. Then I run Sentry on them. And the reason why is because I need to know what's going on in my app all the time. Yeah, I'm kind of a control freak. What can I say? The other reason is, is that sometimes I miss stuff or I run things in development, you know, it works on my machine. We've all been there, right? And then it gets up in the cloud or up on a server and stuff happens and stuff breaks, right? I didn't configure it right. I'm an idiot and I didn't put the AWS credential in. I didn't do that last week, right? That wasn't me. Anyway, I need that error reported back. Hey, Chuck, I can't connect to AWS. The other thing is, is that this is something that my users often won't give me information on, and that's, hey, it's too slow, it's not performing right. And I need to know it's slowing down because I don't want them going off to Twitter when they're supposed to be using my app. And so they need to tell me it's not fast enough, and Sentry does that, right? I put Sentry in, it gives me all the performance data, and I can go, hey, that takes three seconds to load, that's way too long, and I can go in and I can fix those issues, and then I'm not losing users to Twitter. So, if you have an app that's running slow, if you have an app that's having errors, or if you just have an app that you're getting started with and you want to make sure that it's running properly all the time, then go check it out. They support all major languages and frameworks. They recently added support for Next.js, which is cool. Visit sentry.io slash signup and use promo code REACTROUNDUP. That's all one word, REACTROUNDUP, for three free months of their base team plan. So, Jan... Why don't you tell us, our panelists, and our listeners a little bit about yourself and why you're famous? Oh, yeah, sure. First of all, I'm not really famous at all, <laughs> so I'm not <laughs> sure if I can uh, count about that. But uh, my name is Ian Braga, and um, I'm a Brazilian developer that lives in the Netherlands, and I actually happen to be here by mistake. I was supposed to go to Germany. It just worked out differently, so I ended up here. And I'm really passionate about development in general, especially front-end. And I'm currently focusing a lot of my energy in Storybook, which is a open source tool that I've been maintaining for the past year. And it so happened that I actually got hired by a company called Chromatic, which actually is actively working on Storybook. So I basically just got the job of my dream. So <laughs> uh, there you go. This is my first week. I'm really excited about that. So I'm totally excited to talk about all of that. That is awesome. So tell us a little bit about how you got into open source maintenance for Storybook, because that is it's such a cool library. I didn't realize that it was completely open sourced. Yeah, for sure. Well, for the ones that don't know about it, Storybook is a open source tool that helps you develop UI in isolation. So essentially, when you're developing an application, you're mostly running the application while you develop the, the components on it. And there's this concept of component-driven development where instead of just putting a component directly on the app, you actually start from the bottom up from like buttons and checkboxes all the way to card components and more complex components like forms and stuff. And you actually are able to develop them in isolation if you have tools like Storybook. So if you're building a, let's say a form in the checkout page of a e-commerce, it might be really complicated to actually test it out because well, you need to spin up the services, you need to run the application, which could be long to, to run. And then you actually have to log into the user, set up the mocks correctly, all the way to the end, only to get to that like 
very similar, a very simple component that you want to develop. And to be very fair, you don't care about any of that. You only care about the component you're building. So Storybook is a tool that allows you to essentially sandbox components and make sure that you can develop them in isolation. And I remember how it started. It was basically that um, I had some spare time to focus on something new. And I decided to just start a pet project. And I wanted to use all kinds of cool technologies. So I was searching what's cool out there. And I saw this thing called Storybook. I had no idea about it. So I wanted to try it out. And then I basically didn't like the fact that it wasn't the configuration files were not working with JavaScript. Oh, sorry, with TypeScript. And I was like, okay, what if I just rename the files to TS? Of course, that didn't work. <laughs> and I really like to be curious about things. So I basically went down to the node modules and started playing with the source and I actually managed to fix that and allow the support for TypeScript files. And that made basically became one of my first pull requests to the to the library. But actually, I think it started out or a few or years before because I really didn't know much about open source. And I think to feel the, the confidence of like just going to node modules and changing stuff, it's kind of like already advanced. I thought that open source was only for geniuses and, and people that knew everything and the creators of React or something. But actually, no, it's just normal, normal code as any other, right? And once I learned that and I broke this wall, which blocked me from understanding much uh, on open source, I started to investigate things and learn more about that. Don't so tell the people. <laughs> it, it's it, Open source is for geniuses. We've got to keep this exclusive, man. <laughs> I'm, I'm actually quite glad you said that because I've always long advocated for developers to not be scared to actually open up libraries. And I mean, like, like you, um, I had a similar revelation when I began poking around in React source code and actually saw that it's not that scary. It's just a matter of taking the time to understand what you know. And then if you're confused, just Google your way out of the confusion, right? As, <laughs> exactly. as, 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 as we always do. Yeah, that's perfect. So basically, once I started to make my first pull request, uh, there was a second and there was a third. And then I think right after 15 pull requests, one of the maintainers, his name is Norbert, he just came to me and said, you want to have a call? Uh, <laughs> so he basically just, uh, you know, went through some sort of onboarding process about the, the repository. But he also mentioned, would you like to be part of the organization? And then I was completely stoked. And since there, uh, since then, I, I've been just uh, doing so much stuff around Storybook. And there are so many projects uh, on the open source world, but I think Storybook is very unique in its own way because Storybook is a tool for multiple frameworks. So you can use Storybook with only HTML. You can use with web components. You can use with Svelte, Angular, Vue, React, and so many others. And I think this is an incredible experience for open source work because you can work with basically whatever suits you. And Storybook has CLI, Storybook has the app, Storybook has a server. And it's basically a all you can eat for, <laughs> for people who like to, to work with different things. So I was really excited about it. And so that yeah. that brings me to an interesting question. How so if you're working with Storybook with like Vue or React, are you using essentially the same Storybook or do you have to download maybe like a slightly different version to make it work with these different frameworks? So this is something very interesting that uh, clicked on me when I realized Storybook is essentially a React application. And once you select one of, one of your components, it will actually sideload it inside of an iframe and Storybook has a rendering engine per framework. So essentially all of its core functionalities are 
shared. But if you're using Storybook for React, for instance, it's essentially that instead of that iframe, there's some sort of React app wrapping your components. Instead of, instead of uh, the Angular rendering engine, it's just an Angular module. So it's in a way as simple as that, but it's a really nice thing that I realized. And that also actually helps you understand more about how the tool works. So just to be clear, if you're using Storybook for React, uh, there is a Storybook slash React package and Storybook slash Angular. But together with those, there are so many peer dependencies and dev depend uh, and dependencies that come with it that will do the the whole core thing around it. Got it. Great. I mean, just to go off the point, um, recently I've actually been um, using Storybook to try and build out an internal UI UI library for for my company. And yeah, I noticed that when I was inspecting the elements, because sometimes when things don't work, I saw an iframe, and that did kind of for a bit, I was confused because I thought that initially that the whole thing was React. So um, it's, it's good to know that. So I guess my question is, the thing that I've always had an issue with the storybook is I've never been able to fully, um, I don't think I know it enough to be able to kind of fully utilize it. And by that, I mean right now, so I'm building this, this library for work. And initially I took a button component, right? As this kind of a basic starting block. I followed the tutorial on the documentation, but at the same time, I, I get this feeling that I'm not fully using it to its full effect. And I don't know, okay, how far I should go before I, I can say, okay, I'm happy with this kind of um, use case for Storybook. And if I want to do more things, I can add in maybe add-ons or plugins. But in terms of laying a foundation, I'm still not quite sure how to go about that. And I don't know if you can kind of advise steps to go for that. Yeah, perfect. Well, I actually like to compare Storybook to React in a way, uh, because React is essentially just this small rendering engine that doesn't do a lot necessarily for you. And you essentially, you, you can be happy with only using React in your project and no other dependencies. But once you start getting into more complex situations and you might need some routing or you might need to do some data fetching and you might end up having to install external things to kind of like compose the experience to it. And I, I feel like Storybook is pretty much the same. So it doesn't really matter if you're using a lot of things on, on Storybook or not, uh, it really matters is that you feel comfortable in your use case in your scenario because Storybook is just not this one shaped thing. It just is suitable for all kinds of scenarios. So I do understand and I noticed that you mentioned that uh, you're using it for a component library. And I think that's that's a really great use case for Storybook because if you're working on your own package for a component library, and you want to develop the components, where are you going to put them, right? And normally what people do is like, they just run an, an empty app and they throw components there, but they remove and add it again or something like that. So Storybook kind of solves that situation. And um, I like to think that in Storybook, if you're fine with components, it's great. But I really like to think that Storybook is so much more than that. And in fact, you're able to even add full pages to Storybook. So you can actually develop 100% of your components directly on Storybook if you want. I've actually seen some people build essentially, just to go back to the component library use case, people will build just their entire documentation for those components in Storybook because yes, you can use Storybook to like render, here's my button and here's my button outline or button secondary, but you could also have like a, more or less like a wiki page in there about different use, like documentation about the buttons, right? Because if you're building these components in an isolated way, chances are people are going to use these buttons. And so you, you might as well just write up situations on how to use it. And Storybook can sort of provide like both of those in one place. 
Yeah, that's uh, that's definitely a great example. It's perfect. Storybook also has the concept of add-ons. So you essentially install external things that will enrich your experience on Storybook. And recently, I think started with Storybook six. Um, it ships with the one add-on called Add-on Essentials, which is nothing more than a bundle of all the uh, first world add-ons which are actually maintained by the storybook maintainers and out of the box you already get a lot of possibility from from that so essentially when you're developing your components and you add them on storybook add-on essentials includes for example add-on viewports so you can actually quickly switch the viewport sizes and orientations so you can see if your your component looks nice on an iphone x for instance or a galaxy note or something like that you also have one add-on called measure so you can, in one click, it will, you will have a highlighting just like the dev tools have. So you can actually check the sizes, the paddings, the margins of your components. But there's also one very interesting add-on, which is also part of it, it's called Docs. And it allows you out of the box to, first of all, write your components, not only in, ja in JavaScript, but also MDX. So you're, you're free to put any content you want and also components on top of it. But also Docs provides you automatic automatically generated information about your components. So for instance, if you're using ProTypes or TypeScript, all of your props from your component will be automatically read by Storybook and presented in a really nice table. It also will get JS doc if you're actually writing some comments about your properties. It will also present to you there. And together with that, there's also one add-on called controls, which is also part of the essentials. And controls will get all of those props and it will allow you to actually modify them at runtime. So you can actually play with them around in really interesting UIs and see the component react uh, right away. So uh, just an ex as an example, you might have a form which is presented differently, whether the user is uh, logged in or it's a VIP user, or maybe the application is certain state. And you're, you can simply just click on certain buttons and that will all change which is great because not everyone has the context that developers have. And Storybook can also be deployed and can work as a documentation page. So even non-technical people can take a lot of advantage on, on that. Wow, that is amazing. That is so much more about Storybook that I had no idea it was capable of. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I am... Um... I loved it when I was, I mean, right now I'm, I'm still working on it. And the good thing about it is I'm trying to create it in a way where the designer, for example, is able to actually get feedback on the components because obviously in our team, the designer, she gives us her, the, the, the UX and, and the UIs right to, to create. And she won't see it until it's either on staging or maybe in production. But with Storybook, the plan is for us anyway is to be able to give her access to all the components we're using that she's designed. And that helps to kind of keep track of what's actually going to be going into production, what the code is like, and she's going to spot issues and fail quickly and actually be able to iterate on new designs using what already exists. Because obviously sometimes what's designed and what you create are not always going to be the same in terms of either pixels or how the bars are and how it works. But yeah, so I think I like that especially. And I'm hoping that for us anyway, that's the use case where people who don't actually code in a company can actually know, okay, if I want to build this UI, maybe a new feature is coming for the customer request, a new feature, they can actually see, do we have these components available in our code? Or is it a case where we have to now build a new feature? You know, Carl, I wish this podcast would be like three hours long because I have so much <laughs> to talk about that. <laughs> you have no idea. <laughs> 
I'm actually, I'm really fond of the, the concept of a full circle that connects developers to designers and vice versa. And Storybook, it's not only this tool that provides things, but the community can also provide add-ons on top of it, right? And I'm actually part of the maintainers of the add-on Zeppelin, which essentially allows you to connect your Zeppelin components to Storybook. And you can actually see the designs directly on Storybook. And once you click on them, you can actually, you know, do some sort of comparison. You can open Zeppelin from that. And it's it's really great for, for this communication between them. I'm also part of the, the Figma one, which provides you ways to embed entirely entire prototypes directly to Storybook or even get the specs. So let's just say I'm working on a feature. The designer gives me the link. I just set it up on Storybook. And as I develop my components, I actually have access to all of the paddings, all of the content, all of the CSS directly from Storybook, which is great. However, this is not going to like finish the, the full circle because uh, I still need to notify the designers that uh, I've made a change and I still need to somehow deploy the Storybook and host it somewhere so that the designers have access to it. And this is actually where Chromatic comes in, which is basically one a tool that provides you ways to have a UI review process with your designers. So Chromatic actually deploys Storybooks for you. So if you're using Storybook, Chromatic is a tool that you can add on top. It will deploy your Storybooks based on your pull requests or commits. So basically every single time you want, you will have a build specifically for that commit or PR. And that Storybook will be available online for anyone who, who you would like to, to have access. But also Chromatic will run a diff in uh, visual regression testing in all of your stories, which are basically your variations of your components. And it will compare with the previous versions. So if there are any differences, it will actually notify the people who want to be notified. So you can actually add non-technical people and technical people there as well. And you can start a discussion there. So if you're the designer and I'm the developer, we start working on something, I will put you to be notified. You will get your notification. You will check the designs. You will actually have access to the screenshots of the components, but also the live components so you can interact with it. And then um, once you say like, oh, I don't like it. Can you please change the paddings? Can you please fix this or that? If I make changes, you will get notified automatically that there are new changes. There's a new version for you. And then once you approve it, I can actually merge my pull requests. And this is the nice, the nice thing because I'm now able to block the thing, like the, the pull request, if the design is not properly made or if the component's not working that well. So in a way, you are making things a bit more structured so that the, the developers cannot just click on merge directly. They actually have to go through a review process if they want, thus having a better quality flow in the work. Got it. So just, just to put this in very simple terms, so Storybook, completely free, completely open source tool, and Chromatic is a company that essentially helps maintain Storybook, but also offers premium services that you can pay for if Definitely. you find them useful, right? Yeah, but also Chromatic has a free tier that you can have access to. And to be very okay. fair, it's, it's very generous. To be to be honest, I do have a, pro a project that I use a lot and I use the free tier. I never paid a cent to Chromatic and I've, I've got a lot of value to it. <laughs> I hope it's okay to be saying that. <laughs> <laughs> they they um, won't hear this, it's fine. Yeah. It's <laughs> <laughs> but basically uh, for free, Chromatic will allow you to have infinite uploading of your storybook. So the, the, the whole artifactory part of it is a free service and the hosting part of it as well. And Basically, the, the paid part goes comes to cross-browser testing, or if you actually want to do a lot of 
visual regression. So that's going to cost some snapshots. And there's a free tier, which includes, I, I believe, 5,000 snapshots, which is pretty great for small projects. And uh, I, I would highly encourage people to try it out because uh, it is really a great experience. Yeah, I'm looking at the features right now, and it makes me want to add Storybook to everything that <laughs> I'm currently working on, just so I can have this at my fingertips because it's it really looks awesome. Yeah, to be very honest, if you if you have any any project, and it, it will take you like two minutes if you already have Storybook, it will take you two minutes to already have it deployed and accessible to anyone that you want. So you can always share what you're doing like live, and it's so nice. And actually, Storybook has a feature. Uh, it's not related to Chromatic. Storybook has a feature to kind of like eject your component out of the storybook UI. And this is so incredible. And I, I really think that not a lot of people do this, but hear me out. You should do this. <laughs> if you're developing a feature and you add it to storybook, let's just say you're, you're making a whole page there for a checkout flow. Storybook allows you to eject the components to a unique URL so, so that you, it just feels like you have the app running there. So if you set your mocks properly and stuff and you host it in somewhere, it could be Netlify, it could be some hosting of your own, but it could also be chromatic. You can generate a link. You can put it that into a device and you can do this thing called goops. It's get out of the building. So you essentially go out in the streets. You talk to your customers. Oh, wait, uh, have you used my product? Sure. Can you test this out? And you actually are able to present that feature with the most up-to-date state in that storybook, which doesn't look like a storybook. It's just the app running. And then people can test it out and give you feedback. And this actually has happened in previous companies that I work for. And they've had incredible feedback. And I really encourage that kind of thing because sometimes it's so difficult to provide uh, a way to reproduce what you're, what you're building prior to like adding that to a staging environment or production environment. And I think that's like making things so much easier. No, I was just going to say like, like I've ran into that scenario so much because it's not just showing it to potential customers and users. Sometimes it's, I want to show this to my team, but you're not just staging, but lots of times the apps we work on, like, okay, well, you have to set up an account and it's like, like the, you know, you got to go through these three steps in the app and like, how much easier is it to just send people like, I just want your feedback on this. Like, does this does this flow make sense, right? And just being able to share it in isolation is pretty slick. Definitely. There's also this thing that I'm not sure. I'm not sure if you've done that, Carl. But Storybook, yeah. when you run it, it provides you the local host, but also it exposes the server on your local IP. So if you're, let's say, developing a carousel component and you're testing it out in your desktop, but then you get your phone over wireless, you can just get the URL of that and open directly on your phone. You can actually test and develop at the same time on both devices, because if you're changing your code, it's going to kick in the hot module reloading. That's also going to kick in on your phone. And that's like incredible experience of development. Hey folks, it's Charles Maxwood. And I just wanted to jump on real quick and let you know that I am putting together a podcasting course. I get asked all the time. I've been coaching people for the last six months. How do you start a podcast? How do you put it together? What do I need in order to get it going, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Um, I've put together the curriculum and I did it through coaching a whole bunch of people. And now I want to share it with you. You can go check out the course. It's actually going to be a masterclass. It's going to be a four-week masterclass where I actually walk you through the entire process of launching a terrific-sounding podcast and putting together content that people want to listen to. And you can find it at podcastbootcamp.io. See, I knew that I wasn't using this as full effect. I knew that. <laughs> this is what I meant because as you're talking, so, so basically what we do is, the plan is obviously once we've developed it, um, 
we've got a package for npm that we're going to create and then ship that internally but then the next bit is actually to deploy that to be shared internally with stakeholders and other dev teams and initially the plan we had was just to deploy it to a normal web page right and just have like a some auth put in front of it to only allow an internal user to actually use it but from what you're from what you're saying we can actually leverage chromatic as part of our build flow where once you push the code up to the, the repo you publish to chromatic and then chromatic handles all the deploying the infrastructure for us and also adds the, the test because we currently use Percy for our testing for visual elements. So is that what being used by, by, by Chromatic as well in terms of Percy or is something else they're using for that? Well, so the thing is, uh, I think Percy does similar things. However, Percy is more open to general use and oh, okay. uh, Chromatic relies on Storybook. So if you, at least for now, if you're if you're using Storybook in your project and you have Chromatic there, it's great. If you don't have Storybook at all, Chromatic really, yeah, at the moment will not add any value unless you start using Storybook. Okay. But Chromatic does, does do the image diffing and provides you a really nice way to check what's actually changed. It also does uh, automatic snapshot diffing. And I really like this because sometimes when you check React code bases, there is a lot of tests and there's a lot of coverage. But once you actually dig in, most of that might be just snapshot testing. And sometimes that's kind of like lying. <laughs> and what you can actually do is you can remove all of your snapshot tests because they will be done automatically. And thus, I think your component tests will be feeling a bit naked in a way, which is a really nice way for you to realize that you're actually not testing the functional aspect of it. And then you can start actually doing that. Well, I was just going to ask, is is there a way to use testing or is the storybook trying to help you with your component testing as well? Yes, definitely. And thanks a lot for asking that because <laughs> I, I'm really excited about this. Uh, this yeah. <laughs> so, so the thing is, when you think about Storybook, it's just a way to run stuff in isolation, right? And let's just say you're using React and you're using testing library or Enzyme for that matter. And if you need to write tests for your components and you need to mount them, you actually are rendering them in isolation. So essentially all of the challenges that you go through testing library when you're rendering components for setting stuff up, you also go through when you're setting stuff up for Storybook. And let's just pretend that I'm building a feature, which is a, a card form or something that relies on Redux. And I actually need to, you know, wrap my component in providers so that they have access to the store. And same goes for my React app, same will go for Storybook, and same will go for my test that I'm writing. And the thing is, once, and it, at least in my personal experience, you start writing the component first. So once I have my components, I actually have to go through all the trouble to do the same thing for my tests. And I recently released a library called storybook slash testing dash react that essentially what it does is given that you already have your component on storybook, all you have to do is use this library to compose your stories into react components that include the whole thing. So if you have the setup in your components on Storybook, you don't need to do anything anymore in terms of setup in your tests. All you have to do is import the stories uh, from your file and render them. And what this means is, as an example, I had one page, a full page component that I had written tests for. I had 200 lines of code. Most of those codes were just setting up very similar things. And after I used the library, it went down to 40 lines of code. And wow. what I, <laughs> exactly. What I feel great about that as well is that my tests 
they become so much more readable because now, because normally tests are, are what? Setup, execution, assertion. And you kind of like take care of the setup and you just render stuff. However, the setup is done on Storybook. So if you want to see how things are done and how they look and behave, you can also use Storybook, right? So then your tests are basically, I already have this scenario which has been documented and developed. And now I want to execute this and I want to assert that. And I think the experience, the reading experience becomes so much greater. And I have experienced colleagues in different uh, projects I worked at that have kind of like been mind blown by that kind of experience. Yeah, I think I'm one of them because I, <laughs> well, like, because I, I totally understand the problem because I've been in this literal exact same situation. I, I think what's blowing my mind is I never thought that those were things that could be shared. It's kind of like, like in my brain, they're like two different tech stacks, right? I've got my testing thing, my testing tech stack that does testing things. And I've got my storybook one that's just sort of designed around building this like visual thing that I use to test. And I didn't even think that this could be done. And it's interesting too. I'm just sort of perusing the the syntax as we're talking. And it really is like kind of elegant how this, this sort of works. And you could just, it's sort of ingenious that this is possible to work in both scenarios. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, thanks a lot. Currently, there are uh, the Vue view, view 3 and Angular counterparts of that library. And we're, yeah, both working, but also uh, hoping that community will also help build versions for other frameworks, uh, because I really feel like it's going to be a really interesting way to change the way that you develop components. And you can do oh. so much more with Storybook as well. You can actually do accessibility testing, for, for instance. There's one add-on for accessibility, which gives you all of the rules uh, from Axe, and it provides you a really nice visual way to check what's actually wrong in your components. But you can also use Storybook for in Node when you're running uh, one of the add-ons called StoryShots, and it will actually execute tests on every story that you have, and you can customize the tests. So you could do snapshot testing, you could do uh, screenshot testing as well, but you can also do accessibility testing. And it opens up to so much, like so, so many possibilities. It's, it's just insane. But talking about mind-blowing, there is actually one super mind-blowing thing that's, that we're actually cooking right now, and hopefully it will be available soon for you guys. It's called interaction testing. So if you already have the workflow where you have your stories, you have your components built there, and you can see them and set up and, and all, all of that, and you also reuse them in your tests, that is great. But sometimes you also want to, to run those tests in the browser because when you're using testing library, for instance, which is a great library, you get the output in the, your CLI. But not everybody is as creative to kind of like understand what's actually going there, uh, only from the text output. So what if you're actually able to, to write the exact, exact same things that you're doing in your testing library stuff? For instance, if you're using user events, if you're querying elements by certain IDs or roles, but instead you do that in Storybook. And not only that, you also use expect from Jest directly on your Storybook, which will be executed on your browser. And you're going to get both the um, development experience, but also the debugging experience, because you're going to get a list of all of the steps in your interaction, but also the assertions. And if anything fails, you're going to get the output right there in your browser. So that's basically one of the things we're, we're currently working on. So is this a little bit like the Cypress Studio that has recently been behind an experimental flag where you interact with the browser and then Cypress records your test, your steps? 
it's not necessarily that. If I'm if I'm not mistaken, what Cypress does is it will execute the steps and record the the DOM snapshot of mm -hmm. your components, so you can actually navigate through them. What actually the add-on interactions will do is you just have a list of interactions. For instance, select a input type username, select another input type password, click on submit, and expect that a hover message says your email is wrong or something like that. And all of those steps will be shown in your UI. They will be executed automatically when you select your components, but you're also able to navigate through them. But instead of representing the, the DOM snapshots, what actually happens is the component will remount and the steps will be executed. So you're actually getting 100% of the experience that a normal user will be going through. And that allows you to do super easy debugging and, and get really interesting insights out of that. So there's a benefit for that because obviously you know, or the, the code itself actually knows the components and what they're called, how they're built. Whereas with like Cypress, I have to query an element after the fact. Whereas with this one, because it's part of the whole workflow, it's easier to actually say and say, okay, this is the components. Just don't worry about the class names or IDs or whatever. Just focus on the component, do your stuff in that component. And then if there's any issues, show me. But also if I want to see an alert, that alert again is a component in Storybook. So you get the benefit of knowing because it's part of the whole workflow, if you like. Yeah, indeed. So the okay. thing is, when you're talking about component libraries, for instance, uh, you might have a button that has some appearances like primary button, secondary button, or alerts with kind of warning or error or something like that. And those kind of states, you can easily mock them by just passing properties to your component. But sometimes you have stateful components, such as a login form. And the add-on interactions will allow you to render the component plus execute interactions on top of it. And people don't even need to know the existence of that add-on, actually. A storybook will have this property called play, which will just execute those interactions. And the add-on is just a way to visualize those and go through them if you want to debug them. But that will allow you to actually easily have all of those states which were previously not possible because you're actually automating the interaction on top of them. And that, that's just great because you can actually provide all kinds of scenarios that were not possible before now for everyone to consume. So I see this being hugely valuable for animations because that was the first thing that came to my mind because you really can't test those with testing library, right? Like, because I can say when I submit this form, I should see an error message and like, okay, that's, that's easy enough to test. But testing... When I submit this form, I should see an error message should slide in from the side and slowly appear, right? There's there's no test you can write for that. You have to see it. And if you want to make sure you're not breaking that animation, like you really do kind of want it listed as one of your stories or whatever associated with your component, because it is like a, a totally valid use case. And I like... I've never come up with a good way of testing that, but that was, at least that was the first thought that uh, jumped into my head. Oh, definitely. And, and that's why, why I really love Storybook because it will work for so many use cases. So what you can actually do is, you know, you can get the assertions on your browser and you can try it out and visualize the whole thing when you're developing. But we're also working on a test runner that possibly will automatically transform all of the interactions and assertions that you're doing, but will execute them under Jest. So you can, leverage the power of Jest and, and the speed of, th of things. And, and then you get the experience on the browser when you're developing locally or when you're publishing your storybook. So it's kind of like flavor for everyone. That's awesome. So 
Jan, I'm curious, there is so much more to Storybook than I first thought. Is there anywhere that all of this sort of thing is documented or like recorded in a course or written down somewhere? Because there's a whole world of stuff that I didn't even know was possible with it. Oh, for sure. Well, first of all, Storybook has a pretty interesting documentation and there's a website called learnstorybook.com where there are multiple small courses for all kinds of things that you want to do. And uh, it's also got multilingual support, so that's great. But on top of that, well, I, I guess you noticed my passion about it and the whole thing uh, about Storybook for me. So I really believe that Storybook has so much potential that people don't know about that I decided to be working on a course that shows that basically. And together with New Line, uh, we're going to be releasing this course uh, hopefully soon. I'm still working on it. But yeah, basically, uh, my course is essentially going through, going to go through the basics of Storybook, kind of like, okay, what what is Storybook? Who's actually using it? What are the use cases? Who is this for? And and also the basics of it. But also I built uh, from scratch a fake application called MuleDrop, which is kind of like a Uber Eats clone, where I wanted to show people a real use case because I'm kind of tired of courses that teach you how to do to-do lists. And I'm pretty <laughs> sure that people would be also tired if I were to do one like that. So basically I built this application where the whole design system, the whole design is really nicely documented on Figma, which was actually uh, done with the help of a, a great friend of mine, Maxime Molinars. And the, the students will have access to it so that they can experience a really nice fi uh, Figma storybook connection, because I also show how to do that as well in the course. And I'm going to show a, a use case, given that I'm a developer and business comes to me saying, oh, you have to build a carousel of restaurants uh, that does all kinds of things. I teach people how to think prior to developing components in a component-driven way. So basically learning how to break down UI into smaller pieces into something more atomic, and then all the way to composing them to the actual entire feature and integrating that on the page. And I show all kinds of really interesting stuff that you can do, such as connecting the designs, the value of many different add-ons. I show how to tackle fetching data, all kinds of different ways to, to deal with that, but also like how to mock stuff using something like Mock Service Worker, which is a really great tool to mock things directly on the browser. But I also show people how to build all kinds of scenarios and even put an entire page on Storybook. Essentially, MuleDrop, I can even uh, maybe uh, send you a link, you can check it out. But every single component and every single page is in the Storybook there. And I also go through all kinds of testing that you can do. Most most of the things I actually spoke about uh, today and also how to, how to deploy them and how to integrate Chromatic with them because it is such a great experience. And I want, I want people to go through that and I want people to feel the same passion that I feel so that they can actually spread all over and everybody gets to know the, the, the great thing that is using this tool and improving the workflow, not only for developers, but for uh, designers and QAs and other non-technical people, because I've seen Storybook do wonders in terms of management as well, in the level of management, because it just makes things so much simpler. And I really want people to know about that. This is very, very cool. Uh, Carl's already found your link. So for the people listening, <laughs> if you're curious, you can find oh, nice. in, the, in the show yeah. notes, we've got links I mean. to the Storybook, the Storybook for the course. Actually, the, the one question I did want to ask you because this this sounds really cool. You said the course isn't done yet. If people want to like 
Is there a way that I can like get in line, like get notified? Like what's, what's the best way to do that? Oh, actually you could even help me finish it because, uh, <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, I, I don't think I signed up for that. Uh, <laughs> oh, damn it. Uh, because uh, the, you can you can become a better better student and actually have access to the course for free and help me out, give some feedback and just give what your thoughts on it so I can actually build the best experience for for you. So you can certainly uh, reach out to to the Discord community in the in New Line and uh, we can totally set that up. Yeah, no, I mean I'm looking at the storybook now and I'm wish and I'm saying this is actually what I wanted when I started building the two of my. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, because I remember looking at, I think it was Net, it was Netfly, I think. They had a storybook application where they similarly had pages where they had like whole pages and actually showed you, okay, we took these three or four components, put them together, and now the page for this particular section is like this. And I, I knew it was possible, but I didn't know how to do it. But now that I'm looking at your, your kind of the pages, I'm looking at the animations. I mean, it's, it's quite cool that you've got a component for like an animation. Thank you. And you can actually tweak it to show a not found message or an error message. And that is really, sure. really yeah. And I think that, that that's definitely going to be helpful because for us, for example, we have a meeting every two weeks with our stakeholders. And normally we would be showing them the deployed ap- application. But I can see a scenario where with this kind of tool, you can actually show the early version of a feature without having to worry about deploying it to any environment, right? And having to send them a link once it's been deployed go through the whole process but actually you do it on your own have it finished like the first version or whatever put it on storybook and then send them a link to that particular page carl are you familiar with the demo effect no i'm not oh basically whenever you want to demo something that will certainly fail <laughs> uh, because something <laughs> will happen right so uh, maybe the back end will be oh, yeah, yeah 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 <laughs> maybe yeah. anything it would just fail like even yeah. if you record it and the recording goes well when you show the recording for some reason <laughs> it would just break it's crazy. Exactly. I, I worked at a company where it will take you 30 minutes to build the application. And then you would have to do so much stuff only to like force certain scenarios. And when we used Storybook, we're able to show all possible scenarios of the feature and pages we're building in a matter of seconds. So wow. it is really like, depending on your situation, it's kind of like a, a life-changing experience. I'm pretty sure like people started to feel love again for development once they started to use Storybook in that scenario. because to be very honest, 30 minutes for building the app, it's kind of like... <laughs> <laughs> That's an eternity. It's, it's already 2021. What's going on? <laughs> so Jan, if people want to learn more about what you're building, what you're doing at Chromatic, the course that you're going to release with Newline, where can they find you and get in touch with you? I'm pretty available on the Discord communities. Storybook also has a Discord community. You should definitely get there. Uh, people are super helpful and super friendly. I'm also available on Twitter, GitHub, and... Yeah, I, I'm planning to start to share what I'm building uh, regarding my course on my Twitter. So hopefully there's going to be some people to give some feedback and see like if that's a course that they like or there's something missing that I can actually improve. So yeah, just uh, feel free to reach me out. I'm really available. Fantastic. And we'll have all those links for you in the show notes as well. Hey, folks, it's Charles Maxwood. And I just wanted to jump in here and let you know about something that I'm doing. It's free. It's out there just to help you get answers to your questions about the things that you're running into with your career. So if you have questions about how to get further ahead in your career, how to start a podcast, how to get a better job, how to get a raise, how to deal with a situation at work with your boss, or just 
maybe you're stuck and you don't know where to go next. You know, how do I get from junior to senior, senior to whatever's next? How do I become a speaker? How do I get to the next level? That's what I'm out here to do. So every Wednesday at 12 o'clock Mountain Time, I'm going to be doing a call and it's going to be free, totally free. Go to devchat.tv slash level up and you can register for the call. It's using Zoom's webinar software. So it's pretty straightforward. And what we're going to be doing is I'll do 10 minutes and I'll just show you how I do some form of how I level up. And then we'll just answer questions. And it's not going to be a question and answer like, hey, what's your favorite flavor of ice cream? And then I say Rocky Road or whatever, right? Instead, what we're looking for is more along the lines of, yeah, I have the situation how do I handle it? I'm trying to figure this thing out. How do I figure it out? I'm trying to stay current. How do I stay current? And if you have any of those kinds of questions, I'll bring you on the call. We'll ask some deeper questions. We'll make sure we get you a solid answer. And I'm really looking forward to helping some people out. There will be no sales, no selling, no nothing on these calls. It is literally just 10 minutes of training and then Q&A. So you can go check it out at devchat.tv slash level up. So now it's time to move into picks, where we talk about things that we have found that we think are awesome and that you, our users and listeners, would like to enjoy as well. So TJ, would you like to start us off with a pick? Sure. I'm going to pick Squid Game on Netflix, which I feel is like <laughs> Ooh, the latest, I just the latest <laughs> hype thing. Uh, don't spoil anything for me. So I'm, I'm three episodes in and I'm already hooked. Uh, it's it's uh, I don't know. It takes like because uh, it's been hyped recently. So I started watching it and like it takes an episode or two to really draw you in because they really take a lot of time to build up the characters. But once it gets going, it's just I struggled to come to work today instead of just binging the rest of the show. <laughs> so I think it, a, so so far it's lived up to the hype. Is it a thriller horror? Because I've seen that online type of show. The best description I've I've heard is Hunger Games, but darker. Uh, so it's it's definitely not a kid show. It's definitely you have to be comfortable with a bit of a. Uh, violence and such to to get through it but as long as you're okay with that it's it's very very entertaining yeah it's on my short list of things to watch really soon <laughs> nice carl would you like to give us a pick yeah sure so the first pick uh, in line of today's topic is a course on the masters called about reactive storybook and how to create a design system so i'll pop that in the chat and then my second pick is a book so i love reading biographies and recently i read a biography of the knight founder um, phil knight and the book is called she dog and i'm telling you so normally i i tend to get a book I'll, I'll, I'll read the cover, the contents page, the first chapter, the last chapter, and then I'll, I'll, I'll print it off for later, for later. But with this one, once I read the first chapter, I couldn't put it down. So I actually read the whole thing. And it's really, really, it's, it's really good because it's quite amazing to kind of find out, find out how Nike started. But also, it's also about um, how when initially the in the early days, the founder of Nike had to go through a lot of hardship in terms of um, fundraising, finding clients, finding customers, having to travel back and forth. And I think in terms of business, it's a really good book kind of show you that it's even though it can be the darkest moments of your, of your life in, in business, actually, the more you kind of push through and work at it, at the end, it's always going to be something for you. So I think it's a really good book to kind of motivate people and just get a good insight to how Nike became what it was, essentially. Awesome. That sounds fantastic. And yeah, Jan, I know this is, 
<laughs> I know this is a little last minute for you, Jan, but do you have something you'd like to recommend? Definitely. I've been hopping up for a game since last year, and I, I have the feeling that TJ kind of likes it or knows about it at least. If you really like Zelda, for instance, and you like Pixar movies, and you're kind of like, if they had a baby, Kenna Bridge of Spirits is the game for you because it's incredible. Uh, it looks really great. It's been recently released, both on PC and PlayStation 4 and 5, and it's an incredible experience. It looks so beautiful and the experience is so nice uh, i i cannot uh, talk about it i can i can talk about it for a long time i actually was so hyped for this game because previous I, I i was traveling to spain and i was so hyped for this game that i actually bought it when i was in the planes and put it to install before i came here <laughs> and i've been playing it like crazy so i definitely recommend that game it really brings you like some nostalgia nice that yeah, sounds interesting excellent well very cool jan what thank you, you again <laughs> you have to pick two. All right. My my quick pick for this week will be one that's been out for a while on Netflix. It's called Money Heist. It's originally it's originally done in Spain, but then they dubbed over it for us English speakers and people of other languages, but it's just gripping. And I think it's maybe five parts, so it's five seasons and I think it might have wrapped up, but I'm not completely sure. I'm rewatching it from the beginning and it's 5.2 parts. It's because just as good as the first time. <laughs> for yeah. sure. The, the fifth part is actually half of half of it so far. And the, the next half will be released within the next couple of months. Oh, man. I cannot yeah. wait to watch it. I think, I think it's, it's uh, December. I think it's going to be released early December, the second half of the yeah. last final season. Yeah, you did oh, mention boy. about being dubbed, but I would definitely recommend you to watch it in the original language with subtitles because yeah. you do you do get like the whole experience with it. <laughs> I'll definitely do that for some of the episodes. I can't yeah. promise you all of them, but <laughs> I, yeah, it's I, just I, as good. I did that. So initially, I was in English, and then one day I thought, okay, I'll watch it in Spanish. And it's really weird because one, obviously, the accents change, and I can't watch it the same because all the time in my mind, like let's say the professor has got this accent, then in Spanish, like it's like so different, and I just okay. couldn't get that through my head. <laughs> Yeah. So that is going to be my pick for this week. And Jan, thank you again so much for coming on. It has been a real pleasure talking to you. Definitely. Thank you so much for having me. I really appreciate it. And I really, I'm really happy because I've been listening to this podcast for so long and I've never, ever imagined I would be here. So it's a, <laughs> it's really a pleasure for me. Thank you so much. Oh, thank All you right. for sharing your passion about your book. I'm, I'm really glad I, um, I was here for this show because I definitely learned a lot and yeah, I'm loving it. Same. <laughs> All right, we will see you all again on the next episode of React Roundup. Bandwidth for this segment is provided by Cashfly, the world's fastest CDN. Deliver your content fast with Cashfly. Visit C-A-C-H-E-F-L-Y dot com to learn more.